Welcome to Shaken Not Stir, the best served cold after party. Where we dissect cases even more, chat about current news stories and just generally shoot the shit. Hello there. Well, hello again. We definitely didn't get three minutes into the recording and then realised that my microphone was not on. What are you talking about? Clink. 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 Cheers. Cheers, biggies. The cocktails are back. The cocktails are back. What are we on this evening, Tama? This is a French 95, which is... uh, I'm going to do a bit of research because I'm not too sure what the actual original liquor is. We had a, a nice, pleasant dinner at a French restaurant and the hard liquor of choice they used, the spirit, was gin. And uh, that was delicious. It's just gin, lemon juice, and then top of the champagne. Is that all that's in it? That's all, that's all it is. Oh. It's all it is. Very simple and delicious. And we've somehow stumbled onto like, we have so much gin in our house at the moment. Because I yeah. think we bought a bottle and then someone came over and gifted us a bottle. And then someone in the building was giving away a bottle. And then I... <clears throat> Got oh shit! I hit my microphone. My bad. It's okay. Um, and then I got gifted a bottle from a company that I'm doing some design work for. So it's like a very gin centric household. What's a bit upsetting though, I will say, is as someone who loves gin, is although we have a lot of bottles, we have two bottles of Tanqueray, two bottles of Hendrix, and one bottle of like a different gin. So it's not like we have six different varied yeah. types of gin. It's kind and of like... You're more of a drink, gin drinker than I am. I love gin. Whereas all the other spirits is like, we would demolish them all. Do you know what? Can we just <clears throat> start talk about the fact that growing up, I have always loved gin. It's been my drink of choice since I was the legal drinking age. And everyone used to make fun of me and said it was an old lady's drink. And now that we're all adults, everyone has decided that gin is cool and they like it and they like all the different types of gin. So yeah. I say, <laughs> yep. fuck you. I was ahead of the curve. Laura rules 2020. Peace out. Yeah. Shouts out to all you bullies and naughty people. I couldn't that think sounded of sounded so weirdly yeah, sexual. I couldn't think of a word for other word for bullies or just rude person. Uh well and, there's one word, but we've swore that we would never yeah, say that. We'll word never, on this show. Yeah. Hi Judy. <laughs> the, I don't think mum listens anymore. No. It's the one word, maybe on like our hundredth episode we'll drop it just as like a ceremonial Yeah. Thing. If you guys get us to 50,000 downloads, we'll have a, a, a ceremonial, a ceremonial C-word special. Yeah. Where we'll replace every fifth word. It'll be my, <laughs> Mad Libs. Yeah. <laughs> but with the C-word. We'll, we'll, um, we'll do the Ed Kemper episode again, but replace his first name with the oh, C-word. surname. Ed. Uh-uh. Well, I think... Instead of Kemper. Kemper would be funnier. Uh, mm, but Kemper. It doesn't, it doesn't. That doesn't rhyme with Ed, though. Yeah, but it's the same like syllable. Or... Same Ed. Mm. Yeah. Kemper and mm, don't have the same syllables. It doesn't make sense. No, but anyway, we'll figure it I'm out. Channeling my inner Dwight. I'm not gonna lie. I had a glass of champagne with dinner mm-hmm. because we got given a bottle of champagne. Everyone in this building seems to be like. So lovely. They're fueling our addictions. This lady on our building's Facebook group randomly popped up a post saying like, oh, I have all these like 
bouquets of roses. Would anyone like them? So I popped around to her apartment and she gave me this bouquet of roses. And then she was like, oh, also we have this bottle of champagne. It was already open, which is why I had a glass. Mm -hmm. She was like, we have this bottle of champagne and we don't drink. So would you like it? And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So I've had a glass of champagne with dinner and then I'm halfway through this French thing. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little tipsy. And that's the way it should be for shaken, not stirred. Well, yeah, I always try and avoid getting drunk for the main episodes because I feel like, A, it's not very professional and, B, it's slightly disrespectful to the victims, like talking about their horrific murders whilst yeah. plastered. Like, but this is a bit more of a loose format of a show. Loosey-goosey. So I will get as drunk as I please because um, it's my show. I reckon this episode we should continue our at some point we should continue our discussion about Australian terminology because I reckon this is a bit more of an appropriate oh we received confirmation from several people that pull the wool over your eyes and put a sock in it are very common terminology yeah as I thought so I don't know why that was on the list but apparently a bunch of the short quick fire ones were all definitely Australian things Mm. Um, quick shout out to Josh McDonnell. Who gave us the code word. Thank you for the code word. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I don't think we got the code word from anyone else. You also mentioned Long Black. Uh, I think Long Black is also, uh, a Australian terminology thing. Is it? I believe so. Yeah, because I think it's just coffee. In, um, in like Starbucks in America, it's an Americano. Mm, Americano. Uh, but they don't have... Australia has a very big coffee culture, so, like, anyone outside yeah. of Australia would have no idea what a flat white is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, it, it's a, Latte it, is obviously Italian, as is cappuccino. And espresso is, like, and a big espresso, thing. espresso, ristretto. But, yeah, Australia has a huge um, barista culture. I think maybe mm. the UK as well, I'd, I'd imagine. Would they? I no? Well, not the coffee I had in London. Right. Sorry if I offend anyone from the UK. Very well. Um, Maybe. I honestly don't know that much about the UK. UK listeners, please confirm. All I know is that America, look, I love you all, but your coffee is so bad. And if you want a good one, it's so expensive. I think I, when I went overseas to New York a couple of years ago, I was on the hunt for like a good Australian style coffee. It cost me six US dollars. Which, in our conversion, I think at the time was like $9 for a cup of coffee. Jesus. Or I could have, like, the mud water from Starbucks, which you get used to eventually, but... Yeah. I'm sure it's what you know. Oh, it's you know, well, if you don't yeah, know any yeah. better. But uh, if any of our lovely American listeners are listening, and if you ever plan on coming to Sydney once COVID restrictions are listed, make sure you hit us up and we will give you the best coffee places to go because coffee in Australia is a massive thing. Like we have a huge coffee culture. It's a very big thing here. And Mm. I feel like even the crap coffee here is like way better than what you get in a lot of other countries. Yeah. And even even like, um, uh, so we live in Sydney and the major cities that most people tend to go to are Sydney and Melbourne. Melbourne probably Coast. even more so than Sydney has a big coffee culture. But I was even in um in Brisbane in Fortitude Valley, and there's this beautiful cafe that does filters and um uh, 
cold brews. And that was where I had that co- the coffee one time where I told you it tasted like purple Zappos. Mm, I've had, had coffee that tastes like blueberry, blueberry pie once. Yeah. It was very good. In in Brisbane, even like you wouldn't sort of think it, um, but everywhere, yeah, there's like a there's a huge coffee culture, and it's just ingrained in our our culture of Australia. Also, I just realised I did not do we neither of us did any form of intro to this show. So, by the way, if you are listening to this for the first time, welcome to Shake and Not Stirred. This is the after party for the best of cold party. I don't, I'm going to come up with a better tagline. Wow, great. So basically, the main show is released on Wednesday, which is where we do a little bit of banter, but the main focus of the show is covering two cases a week. Mm-hmm. And then this is our little very loose structure. We just talk shit about what we feel like, and then we also kind of cover anything that we left out from the main episodes. So I understand in this episode, we're going to be listening to some of the calls and trial footage from the Casey Anthony case. Yeah, I think we'll give it a little, a little bit of a listen. It won't be listenable to the listeners. Wow, that was a real tongue twister. <laughs> well done. Um, I encourage you to listen to the... We'll, we'll, um, we'll, let's, let's link it in the description. I think put, pop in some clips. Maybe not the full clips, but I think just to give people some context would be good. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> we'll see how we go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we will be going over just the interviews and the interrogations just because it's, like I said in the main episode, it's just Casey Anthony is just such an, an interesting yeah, person. Yeah, and it seems like I shared the episode in a few true crime Facebook groups I'm part of and it seems like a pretty consistent opinion that she most definitely did it. What Mm. was interesting is I obviously, I can't validate this because it was just a random statement, but someone on one of the Facebook groups said that one of the jury members had said, had they pushed for second degree murder or voluntary manslaughter, she probably would have been found guilty, but because first degree murder is premeditated and they couldn't prove in any way, shape, or form, that Kaylee's death was premeditated, which was why she was found not guilty. Had they gone for second-degree murder, mm-hmm. it's likely she would have been found guilty. Yeah, no evidence that was which premeditated. Is, uh, aside from Google, Aside from Google searches that she made uh, saying the most foolproof ways to suffocate someone. You know, apart from that but evidence... But we don't... You don't know... Yeah, I think I that's bullshit. I think that juror can go fuck themselves, quite honestly. Uh, I think that's bullshit. I think there was evidence brought forward to the court that said that showed Casey Anthony's Google history and it said foolproof ways to suffocate. Yeah, but the problem is is that you can never prove intent, which is... No, but is, we yeah. are in... This is in 2008, around that kind of era, where... Now, like from then, we're thirty-ish, nearly forty years from the establishment of criminal psychology and the behavioral science units mm. of um, Quantico in America that literally spread around the entire country, helping cases in the UK and Alaska and all that. Like we're in this stage where it's like. How can criminal psychology not be a bigger factor in fucking court cases? Yeah. To say that the evidence is circumstantial at best. 
What? Fucking it's, so yeah, what? The, the bitch law, didn't give a fuck that her kid was dead. The law, I feel, hasn't quite caught up with the advances in technology. It's just such a fucking piece of shit. It's kind of, of crazy, thing. though. Like, when you think about how much our society has changed in, like, literally just 10 years. Like, 10 years ago, I was still in high school and Facebook was big, but it was like only really growing in Australia. Like a lot of people still used MySpace, which is non-existent anymore. Mm. I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Instagram was around at all. And I think... came around after Facebook. Yeah. And I think Twitter was like just starting. So you think about how insanely quickly our society has changed in just 10 years there's just been no way for the law to keep up with that because obviously a lot goes into changing laws and yeah. stating new laws. So there's just no way that it can keep up with how quickly society and technology and the way we store our lives online. So we covered last time how I was explaining how criminal activities kind of adapted and evolved yeah also sorry just to quickly interject a few people agreed with what you had said about serial killers evolving into into mass shooters shooters. um i think if you look at that say like with the john douglas era of the criminal of the behavior science unit and all that evolving from like you know maybe late 60s 70s to probably like you know early 70s to late 80s that's mm-hmm. when it was like the heyday of these murderers that no one could really explain what had happened until behavioral science unit came and, yeah. and utilized um criminal psychology we're seeing this change from say the 1950s to 1980s this like 20 year gap we're seeing that every year essentially every year it's like or so it's, yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. an evolving thing. Well, you think about just how, when we were talking about Wayne Williams, how <clears throat> they didn't really understand fiber technology. Yeah, yeah. And you think that was that it? was what the Atlanta child murders were in the 70s? 80s. 80s. So that's, you know, 40 years ago. You think about just in 40 years how quickly technology has changed. Now, like, we don't question the ability of like you know, data and forensics yeah. to be able to establish that that beige carpet fiber is completely different to that beige carpet mm. fiber. But then we have um, like the Stephen Avery case where we go... We are not... No, don't... No. <laughs> don't start me on that. No, but here's the thing is we've gotten to the stage where we can... We don't question forensics... But now we question the ethics of the officers in charge of forensics. Well, now. the problem is, is yeah, now we have such a better understanding of forensics. You, it, we can, in a we weird way, it makes it. it, but it also makes it easier, not easier, but it allows more room to frame people. Yeah, it's, do you know what I mean? It, it's like, more evidence you can use in a court to... Yeah, because back in, like, the Jack the Ripper days, if you couldn't... Yeah, there was no DNA testing. There was no DNA testing. So if you couldn't catch someone in the act or if you couldn't 
really provide concrete evidence that yeah. someone had committed a crime. Mm-hmm. You were basically fucked. Nowadays, if there's DNA present at a crime scene, you can't there's no way to trace how it got there. All you can analyze is what the DNA tells you and who it belongs to. So yeah. its mere presence at a crime scene can indict someone in a crime that they may not have necessarily committed. So while obviously DNA testing allows us to solve a lot of crimes that once upon a time probably would have always gone unsolved, at the same time, it allows for a lot of corruption within the judicial... Fuck, I can judicial. never say that word. Judicial system. I think it's because of the way I say my T's and S's. Yeah. Um, I don't have a full lisp, but I have like no. a slight. It's kind of like an S S H thing. Ju- judicial. Yeah, I can't say that. I have shield? like a very slight lisp. And say I shield. Shield. Now say Judas Shield. Judas Shield. Judas Shield. <laughs> judicial. I can't. Judas Shield. <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> Why are you so mean to me? Judicial. I can't do it. Oh, this is the it's fucking like my, mouth gargling thing all over again. My, I can't. I get stuck on like it's the. Do you know what it is? It's when a C sounds like an S, but not quite. That's yeah. when I can't. My tongue can't like get around it. Yeah. Anyway, that word. That starts with J, that I can't say. Um, the J word. The J word. See, you fucked up my train of thought now. I can't remember what I was saying. Oh, anyway, basically, DNA testing at the same time as it's great, it also allows people to be framed for crimes that they yeah, may have Yeah, and, and it's to hard to question as well. Because, like, look, all I'm going to say about the Stephen Avery case, we're not going to get into that today. Maybe I'll cover it one day. As someone, as a female who lives with a man who I adore more than anything in my life. Go on. There is no fucking way, if you killed me, you would be able to successfully clean up all that blood. There is no way. Not a chance in hell. Yeah. And I think any female who lives with a male listening to this would probably agree to that, unless you live with someone who has, like, actual OCD, you know, inclinations to really clean something. Yeah. Like, the fact that there was none of her blood present except for, like, these weird spots that seemed too convenient to not be accidental. But also... I mean, too no... convenient to be accidental, rather. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there was any evidence of it being in his hair follicles or his ears or his fingernails. No. So, basically, what they said is, I, without going into the research of the case, because I can't recall every detail of it, just at the drop of a hat... But from what I recall, they said that he slit her throat, which that's one of your main arteries. Like, there's going to be a a lot of blood. A lot of blood. And you're trying to say there is no blood present in his um, RV caravan. He's still in jail now, isn't he? He's still in jail. Yeah. I believe so is Brendan. I believe they're both still in jail. Uh, Yeah, Stephen Avery... I'm pretty solid on what I think, whether or not he did it. Anand Syed, which is the case that got me into true crime because I listened to the serial podcast, is one that I'm still very 
on the fence about. Right. But I believe Steve Avery has used all his appeals, I think. Yeah, I don't know. That would that would warrant that would um have to we have to research that. Maybe we can do that for the next episode. Maybe one day I'll um that's gonna take a lot of research though. That's a big one. Yeah. Um th- there was a few people I noticed who said things like, um, if they find it highly improbable that the police would go to such extents to frame someone that they're not out there to target someone. Yeah, but money drives everything and he had a multi-million dollar lawsuit that he yeah. was most definitely going to win but that went away. Yeah, exactly. 100%. And this is a this is um a sect of like the police force that is highly prone if not any with not ev- like without even evidence really pointing towards it. You could assume it's highly prone to corruption. Well, it already showed that they clearly had an incredibly high disdain and um, prejudicial uh, concept of Stephen Avery because they'd already incorrectly arrested and tried and found him guilty of a crime that he did not do. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but do you not think... A man who's already gone to jail for a crime he didn't do for the murder and rape of someone would maybe think, maybe I shouldn't murder this one. Yeah. Like, do you not? Do you not think that? Yeah, especially might have his him mind? trying to get as much press as he can. I guarantee you, um, you know, Wayne Bertram Williams, uh, after going to the press, he was still killing kids. Sure, but but Wayne say was he also got, highly intelligent. Say he got arrested and then he got, you know, uh, an appeal. He got he got acquitted some somewhat during his try his um his prison sentence. He would come out. Would he murder again? That's the thing. It's like it's hard to say. Yeah, it's very circumstantial and depending They're on. They're also when um, you look at these people. Pardon me. These people that commit these. In- I've got the hiccups. Incredibly <laughs> detailed meticulous crimes. Stephen Avery's not that. Yeah, like, I don't want to sound mean, but Brendan Dassey, legally speaking, is almost, uh, like, mentally incompetent in oh, he's terms on the, of his he's IQ. On, he's on the spectrum, isn't he? He's, he's also autistic. on the spectrum. Yeah. But I think his IQ is so low, he's nearly Very low. classed as mentally incompetent. Well, that, and was I, the, that was the big thing is these FBI, uh, so these police um, interrogators who were interrogating him were like literally trying to coax him into giving him yeah. them the responses they wanted. Like the they fact knew he was dumb. Or it's not even that IQ. he's dumb. Like I've met people in my life who are dumb. He's manipulative. He's manipulative. so easy to manipulate because he just didn't have an, a real deep understanding of what was going yeah. on. Like the fact that you're trying to say that these two people managed to mastermind a murder where there's nearly next to no blood and next to no body because don't forget they only found bone fragments. Yeah, some random fucking dudes from a car in a car yard who live in trailers. Like you really managed to pull off this like crime of the century, but also where get next this to no DNA evidence. They to, also like, get this no, crazy I'm sorry, extensive that did not happen. forensics research. Yeah. That, like, anyway. if it happened anywhere... I love how we said we weren't going to get anyway, into it, yeah, and then we immediately got that. into it. Um, is there anything you want to cover before we listen to some of the interviews? 
Um, I think I've already gone on my Stephen Avery was wrongfully Tangent. convicted rant. Great. Uh, so let's just uh, jump jump right into it. All right. Um, let me just get it up. You stole. Uh, I'm doing so. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled pebbles. See, I can do that. that. I can do that. I just can't do shush. Shushes. I can't do that shushes. noise. Shushes. What is shushes? That noise. I can't do that noise. Ju- ju- judicial. It's really hard. All right? It's really hard for me. But I can do P's and T's. Uh, now I just sound like I'm boasting about my <laughs> vocabulary. Uh, it was a lot of pressure to tell me to stall because I don't have anything to stall with. Uh, today we had a very disappointing breakfast. Yeah, that sucked. I It was not good. Which we are trying to save money so we don't really go out that often. So we decided we were going to like splurge and have a little breakfast out because Tama had annual leave from work and I'm unemployed. Um, and I had like a coconut pancake with strawberries and mascarpone cream and fresh mango. And then this thing that I was like, oh, that sounds interesting, but I'll try it. It was a macadamia matcha and spirulina crumb, which I was like, oh, that sounds interesting, but I'll give it a red hot go. So it was good, but like every now and then you get this mouthful where the spirulina was like far too present than what you want it to be in a sweet breakfast dish. And so you'd be eating this pancake and then you just get like this mouth of like spinach. It was not it was not good. Yeah. Um so what I have I'll, And it was fifty two dollars for I'll, two meals and two coffees, which is Thank you for your upstalling. Um I love how you made me stall. I came up with a story and then you interrupted my story. Is it over? Is it- no, it was oh, not over. Okay, we'll finish it off then. And then yours was also on. not good. No, my I had um had these sourdough crumpets, um, which it sounds great. Do it they had have like crumpets a, in other countries. Yeah, you know, UK. Um, I'm sure that they have crumpets in America. Uh, US listeners confirm if you guys know what crumpets are. They're a uh, they're UK they're Australian like a delicacy. They're like delicacy. They're like English muffins, <laughs> but. Um, They're like pancakes. You know how they always say you should flip a pancake when it gets the little bubbles? Yeah, if you don't flip it. Imagine you do that, but you don't flip it and you just wait for it to cook and so it has the little bubbles. Yeah, and more more so savory than sweet. Yeah, not sweet. Although Um, you can have like honey. I love a good crumpet with honey. Uh, Mine had like a marmalade and goat's cheese thing. Which again sounds delicious, but but just just, like did not live up. Just did not live up to it. Anyway. Uh, what I have is the 911 call with um, Casey, Anthony, and her mother talking to a okay. 911 dispatcher. Right. So you and I will listen to this. 911, what's your emergency? <laughs> I called a little bit ago. The deputy said, I found out my granddaughter has been taken. She has been missing for a month. We're talking about a three-year-old little girl. My daughter finally admitted that the baby's in the store. I need to find her. Your daughter admitted that your ba- the baby is where? 
Okay, so just to pause it real quick, that is the two reactions I was talking about in the main mm, episode, where if you compare the two, they're vastly different. polar opposites. Yeah. So you got um, uh, uh, Casey Anthony's mother, who I'm, I'm I think Sydney, um, who's frantic. Like my daughter just admitted to me that um, my granddaughter's been missing for the for 31 days. I haven't seen her since the 7th of June. Um, and this is coming straight after they find they get a uh, phone call about Casey Anthony's car being towed and in, in, in in mm, impounded. Yeah. So they go and you know obviously pick up the car, and this is where um, K- uh, Casey's dad notices the smell in the boot. Yeah, I also love. I can't remember what exact point at the conversation, but there's one point where I think it's Cindy says something like. No, 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 it's uh, Casey says something like so just wildly ridiculous and the dispatcher just pauses yeah. and you can hear in her head. Yeah. She's like, well, that's fake. Um, <laughs> it's it's the, my daughter's been missing for 31 days. I know who has her. I'm, I expected a phone call. I got to speak with my daughter for about a minute. The number's now disconnected and the dispatcher's like. Yeah, you can, the um, dispatcher's like. Yeah, sure, bitch. What the fuck? Sure, Jan. The dispatch is like, why are you not freaking the fuck out? Your daughter, you just said your daughter's been missing for yeah. 31 days and you spoke to her and you know who has her. It, it's, um, yeah, it's just bizarre. That that was the exact point where um, you can hear the differences and, and, and you can physically hear the, the just unemotional tact in Casey's voice. Do you know what's really interesting? Sorry, just to um bring in a different 911 call, which is sure. very dissected. Mm-hmm. Cindy sounds so similar in her hysterical way of talking that Patsy Ramsey does when she calls to say that Jean Benet is missing, which is very interesting okay. because everyone right. wants to say that Patsy... It's put on and it's rehearsed yeah. because it's so over the top and hysterical. But then you hear that, and you're like, "Well, that's sometimes just how people react." There's um, there's another case. Just a quickly side note before we get back into it. I think her name was Jennifer Penn. 
she was um I, I told you about this case it was a uh, Vietnamese Chinese lady a kid born in America and um Canada oh, and she fakes who who, who her own had a boyfriend kidnapping? fake a robbery and then That's they, right, it yeah, ended yeah. up with her her mother being murdered and her dad attempted to murder yeah um and she's on the nine one one call it's got all going to plan she thinks her parents are dead um and she's like faking this. Emotionally, yeah, like, her dad's oh my god, like alive. my god, and her, you can hear her dad in the background scream for help, and she, you can hear this switch in her voice where she actually goes from acting to out. real panic. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, that's uh, the no one call. There's um, a little bit afterwards where they basically just explain um, more context of who has her. Uh, now, I wanted to talk about. The interview, the the call with the parents. Um, so this is like actually no, you know before I do that actually, uh, we'll, we'll talk we'll do the interrogation. So the interrogations, the where the detectives are asking are like, you know, who has a who's this Zenaida chick? Who's this Hopkins guy? Mm. Um, and if you remember, some of these people never existed. Some of these people she never ever met. Uh, we'll play that. And talk about that. So let's do that now. Okay. Day right now is July 16, 2008. The time right now is 0411 hours. I'm Detective Mellish with the Orange County Sheriff's Office. I am with Casey Anthony. Is that correct? Yes. Casey, you understand this is being recorded? Yes. You have any objection to that? No. All right. Casey, I got called here in, um, in reference to a missing child. You took Casey to a babysitter's house. Yes. And who was this babysitter? Her name is Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez. Okay. How long had you known Zenaida? Almost four years. It'll be four years Christmas this year. And where did you meet her? Who did you meet her through? A mutual friend. His name is Jeffrey Michael Hopkins. I met him at Nickelodeon Universal, and I met her through him. She was his son's nanny at the time. Does Jeffrey still work at uh, Universal? No, he does not. How long has it been since he left? About nine, ten months, give or take. He moved up to North Carolina for a short time and moved down to Jacksonville within the last three months. When was the last time you spoke with him? About a week and a half ago. Do you know a telephone number for him? I can find a number for him. I don't know a number offhand. No, I do not. So you met Zenaida through Jeffrey Hopkins? I did. And his son Zach Hopkins, I guess. Zenaida used to watch over Zach? Yes. And when did she start watching over your child? It's been within the last year and a half, two years, that she started watching Kaylee. How would you normally drop off, or how would you normally do the exchange with your child and Zanaya? Would you drop the child off? Would she meet you somewhere? I would usually drop her off. For yes. a few months, we would go over to Jeff's house. He lived over in Avalon Park. And you would go to Jeff's house, why? To drop off Kaylee. That's where Zanaya would go to watch both of the kids. Okay. It was in a nice centralized area. He had a decent-sized house. It was good room for the two of them. Go back to your statement. You dropped off Kaylee June 9th, and walk me through. You dropped her off to go to work? Mm-hmm. Okay. Get off of work and go from there. I got off of work, left Universal, driving back to pick up Kaylee like a normal day, and I show up to the apartment, knock on the door, nobody answers. So I call Zanaya the cell phone, and it's out of service. Uh, I didn't really want to come home. I wasn't sure what I'd say about not knowing where Kaylee was. Still hoping that I would get a call or, you know, find out that Kaylee was coming back so that I could go get her. And I ended up going to my boyfriend Anthony's house. He lives in Sutton Place. 
Did you talk to Anthony about uh, what happened with Kaylee? No, I did not. Have you talked to anyone about Kaylee, about your incident with Kaylee? Or the fact that she's missing? A couple people, a couple mutual friends. Who did you talk to about Um, it? I talked to Jeff, Jeffrey Hopkins. Mm -hmm. I talked to Juliette Lewis. She's one of my coworkers at Universal. She works, you still work at Universal? Yes. What do do you do at Universal? An event coordinator. Okay, what is Juliet, what position is she, where she works? She's also an event coordinator. We work in the same department. Okay, so there's a few things to unpack there, and I kind of went over it in the main episode, so I'll be very brief about it, but it's the Hopkins thing, he basically disproves everything she ever mentions about him, and Juliet Lewis never existed in the first place. It's just... Like, if you're going to come up with a story, Make come it solid. up, not even solid, come up with something that's fucking believable. The, like, um, so she's got no criminal history, no nope. criminal record, no, no reason to be, she's a white woman. She's yep. not like she's coming from like, you know, a minority who may be hesitant to call the police. She is a middle-class white woman. You think your daughter has been kidnapped by, you know, what is clearly a Latino woman, going off the name she's of made course. up. She's Latino, yeah. You your your first reaction would be to call the police. I'm sorry, but like that's your first reaction. Yeah. See the thing is if we're just to, you know, obviously call a spade a spade, she murders her daughter and that's that. Now, the only reason she is ever brought up to police is because her parents find her car and notice there's a strange smell, that of which Casey's dad knows is a decomposing body. She confronts Casey about it, asking, where's Kaylee? Because I haven't seen Casey in like six weeks, right? Hmm. Where's Kaylee? She can't prove where Kaylee is. So she says, well, she's missing. And this is all based off of this um, pathological lying thing that I went over in the main episode where there's several instances of where Casey is, you know, in trouble. I, I gave the example of her second year and her, her, her second half of her year in senior um, high school where she ditched classes and then lied her way out of it. They even faked her graduation. Um, it's just so... This whole thing is so wild to me. Yeah. The thing is, she's a very believable liar as well. If you take the error, the 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 element of hindsight out, she's a very believable liar. Do you know what, though? To me, she's not. Because <clears throat> when they say, like, how long have you known Jeff Hopkins? It's too quick. She's like, oh, I've known him for four years. We met, blah, 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 well, blah, blah. Sure. He did this, he did that. Literally, I'm- we live together. When people are like, oh, how long have you and Tama been together? I'm like, um, this year is 2020. So yeah, it's I, like I think, I think five leave, leave like personal feelings and, and, and hindsight out of it, like how we would react to it. No, but like- if, so here's the thing. If you've known someone for a really quick amount of time and you can remember meeting them, it's a quick response because you're like, oh, yeah, no, I met Tama. Uh, we met at a bar last month. If you've yeah. known someone for a long time, yeah. it's more difficult to recall. See, I- I'm not really talking about that, though. I'm talking about there's a reason. Like, she has these intertwining lies 
yeah. that back up the first lie. But to so, me, like the the quick recall seems overly rehearsed. Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm what talking, are you talking about, about. I'm talking about how she mentions Jeffrey Hopkins, right? Yeah. Now he did work at Universal. She wasn't co-workers with him, but he did work at Universal. She got the reference for the babysitter from Jeffrey, and they say, okay, how did, why did Jeffrey have the reference? Oh, he has a kid. Our kids would be babysit together by Zanida. Um, and how do you know Jeffrey? Oh, I knew him. He left 10 months ago. He moved up to, like, like sure, if you dissect it, and, you know, it, it's it's really hard to, dis- to disassociate yourself with, with hindsight, but... If you just if you break it down, like any agent worth his nut can go, there's something not right here. But to a layman, yeah, it's just she's a very believable liar. Compare that to Chris Watts saying, you know, oh, you know, I just had a bad conversation with her, and um, I'm not lying to you guys. Okay, but you failed a polygraph test. Yeah, but I'm not lying though. Yeah, you know, you compare those two and you go, well, yeah. Sure, to you, Casey Anthony might be a bad liar because you are able to dissect it from hindsight. But compared yeah, to Chris Watts, true. they're two different examples of people lying. Yeah. Um, to just to dissect it again, it's just this really interesting intertwining lie that just comes with years and years and years and years and years of getting away with lies. But it's so interesting that she lies about things that are actual lies so for me like the structure of a good lie is grown from a seed of truth so Mm -hmm. if someone questions you about it you can be like oh no i must have got like that detail wrong but like xyz is to lie and say that someone has fictitious children who don't exist is something that is so easy to disprove and then just domino effects into unraveling the entirety of the rest of your lie but, makes yeah. no sense to me. This is the thing I touched on in the main episode, though, is in her mind, because she's gotten away with so many things just by lying to her parents about it and been rewarded because of such. Yeah, she in her mind, she's never going to Psychologically, th- she thinks, if I just keep lying... No matter what, yeah. everything's going to work out fine. Well, it's the same. It's the confidence that... But to me, it's just like so outlandish. Yeah. Like, how did you not think you were going to get caught? Oh, yeah. It's it's very interesting. Like, did you not think that the police were going to investigate this fictitious woman that supposedly kidnapped your child? Yeah. Um. So uh, now like- we'll listen to... They've... We're at the stage where um, Casey's led three senior detectives down to Universal Studios where she claims she worked with um, Hopkins and this Juliet woman who never existed. And she's led them for a 25-minute walk through the building before admitting that she doesn't actually work there. And they pull her into and a conference... Juliet conf- Lewis doesn't exist. They pull her into a, a conference room. They if they unofficially, officially interrogate her, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'll play a little snippet from that. And uh, we'll talk Since about I left that. you this morning, mm-hmm. I've gone to every address that you've told me. I came over here. Uh, I've already talked to all the employees. Mm-hmm. I found out all these names that you're giving me are people that either never worked here or have been fired here for a long time ago. Okay. So where we are right now is in, in a position that doesn't look very good for you. Because obviously I know and you know that everything you've told me is a lie. Correct? Not everything that I've told you. Pretty much everything that you've told me, including where Kaylee is right now. 
That I still I don't know where she is. Sure you do. And here, here's I absolutely listen, let me, do not let me, know where she let me, is. Let me let me explain something. Looking at you, I know that everything that you've told me is a lie. I am very confident just by having talked to you the short period of time that you know where she is. I legitimately have not seen my daughter in five weeks. I didn't let anything happen to her. Except I trusted her with somebody. Somebody that had been taking care of her, that had been taking good care of her. Someone that she was comfortable with, that I was comfortable what about, with. What about Jeff? You said Jeff worked here about until about two months ago? No, he hasn't worked here for quite a ten while. Ten months? How long? It's been at least ten months. Okay. He got fired in two thousand and two. He hasn't been an employee here since two thousand and two. We put a lot more together than I think you realize we put together. My question to you is we're in this office because our purpose in coming here was to do what? I'm trying to think of places no, where I, I know she's I, been. You're not answering my question. Do you want us to help? Yes, you want us find your daughter? I do want you to well, help. Well, a good starting point would be to answer the questions, okay? If I say to you we're here because, and then you just ignore that like I never asked it, and go off in some other direction, is that answering the question? No. Okay. Well, let's go through this again. We're here because. Because I lied, because I brought you up here, and honestly, I was reaching for. No, stop right there. I want you to tell me how lying to us is going to help us find your daughter. It's not going to. Well, then, if the main thing you want to do is find your daughter, and you don't think lying to us is going to help us find her, why would you do that? Because I'm scared, and I'm, I know I'm running out of options. It's been a month. What are you scared of? I'm scared of not seeing my daughter ever again. I'm a parent, too. I would have been beside myself. I have been. I would have called the police immediately, and that's the part that I just don't understand. Well, we can, we've got so many resources do. out there that we could help on day one. You didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. At that point, I'm thinking, okay, they haven't been gone that long. Maybe I can find them. Maybe I can track them down. We're, we're not stupid, okay? And what you're doing right now is you're, you're treating us like we're stupid. Everything that's coming out of your mouth is a lie. Everything. You know, you give Kaylee to someone and you don't want anyone to find out because you think you're a bad mom, or something happened to Kaylee and Kaylee's buried somewhere or in a trash can somewhere, and you had something to do with it. Either way, right now, it's not a very pretty picture to be painting. You're painting yourself as a very bad person. It needs to end. The truthful thing this is that I have not end. seen my daughter. The last time that I saw her was on the 9th of June. Remember we had those two people that we were talking about, the person who had an accident, and a person who's just a cold-blooded, callous monster? That's telling me that you are the second person, this cold-blooded, callous monster who doesn't care and doesn't want to help because she's afraid that something so heinous happened that everyone's going to look at her and say, she's a monster, she deserves to go away, she deserves to never see the light of day, this bad thing should happen to her. I don't want to believe that right now, but you're giving me no choice. Okay, so so the, pause that. the thing I find the most interesting about that section is, so the police officer is kind of going on this tangent and he's saying... You know, either Kaylee is this or she's in a trash can or she's buried somewhere or blah, 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 blah. And he goes on this long spill and she does not interrupt. At all. Until he talks about her. Her image. And says, either you're this person or you're that person. And mm. she talks over the top of him and says, I'm not. Yeah. That's really interesting to me. She yeah. does not interject until it's something to do with her exactly. image. Yeah. But she'll just let him talk when he's talking about... Well, she's either buried or she's in a trash can. You hit the nail or... on the head there. And and on on that, the the reason why the detective mentions that is to try and get a rise out of her, to get a reaction out of her. Like she's dead in a trash can somewhere or she's buried somewhere. And she doesn't and react at all. No, any parent who's innocent would go, why the fuck would you say that? Even when they start talking about the other police says, like, I have a daughter and if my daughter, I thought someone had her, I'd be beside myself. Exactly, yeah. 
Yeah. Very interesting. So it's a very interesting thing, and and, and you see it repeated repeated a lot when um it, when it, in regards to uh you know her daughter, there's no emotion when yeah. it, when it's attacking her, it's this you know it's it's defaming her or it's um you know anything to do with her personal emotions. That's when yeah. you get a rise out of it. It's her. also interesting when you hear her actually say things like, the truth is she <clears throat> mentions very basic facts that are probably yeah. true. The truth is I have not seen my daughter since the 9th of June. Mm. That's possibly true because that was probably the day that she was murdered. Yeah, and then like I said in the main episode as well, there's that one part of the, her interview with the parents, which we'll get into, um, where she mentions that her daughter can't be far. And that was true. She wasn't yeah. far. All right, let's continue. Tell us what happened to Kaylee. Tell us what happened to I Kaylee. I dropped off Kaylee. And that's the last time that I've seen her. I dropped her Where did you drop her off? I dropped her off at that apartment. No, you didn't. That's exactly no, where you I dropped didn't. her off. Did you just think that one day she's just going to show up at your house? No, I sat around yesterday trying to figure out what to do. I'm glad that I ended up seeing my mom, that all of that stuff happened. It happened for a reason. Because You're glad you saw year. your mom. You could have saw your mom five weeks ago and said, Mom, I don't know what... I it. saw my mom's reaction right off the bat, and it would have been the same from the get-go. So wait a minute. You're more afraid of your mom's reaction than you are if you ever see your daughter again? No, I'm absolutely petrified. Absolutely petrified. I know my mom will never forgive me. I'm never going to forgive myself. Is it that there's some other thing more important in your life right now that you just weren't really focused on uh, what you were saying when you told us so you kind of just accidentally told us you had an office here and we needed to be here or did you purposely mislead us? Which of those two is it? I purposely misled Okay, so you purposely misled us. This was all in an attempt to help find your daughter, right? That makes sense to you, correct? In a backward sort of way, yes. I'm coming back to places that are familiar to me, that I know are familiar to her. Familiar situations that what maybe, did you think? just maybe she? would help. She's almost three. She's almost three. three. What do you think she's going to take a cab here? I mean, I know how she's do you not. think she's going to get here? Because she's with someone else. She's with someone else who's hid her from you for five weeks. Yes. Why would a person who has hid your daughter from you for five weeks, okay, bring her to the building that you used to work at. I don't know what else to do anymore. If I knew where she was, if something well, happened, this. I would have admitted that do a you long think, time do ago. You think, do you believe thinking up more lies to tell us will help us? She's with someone that I absolutely do not trust, and that I'm absolutely scared. That, that you don't trust yet with babysitting your daughter for a year. I don't trust her now because of what happened. Who did you call first? Who did you go to for help first to help try to find her? No one. Oh, no one. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I'm glad we got that straightened out. I love how that second cop is just like Detective not Alan. having a bar he's like yeah. Mm, okay yeah mm, yeah I i'm glad him, we got that straightened i out. want him to be my dad he's just like the coolest dude just he's <laughs> like what did you like so she's talking about how she thinks uh kaylee would like she's going casey's going back to places that she's familiar with that kaylee <laughs> might be familiar with. well was she gonna take a cab yeah she's a three-year-old girl she's taking a what she's taking a cab to the fucking universal studios so you think someone who's hid your child for five weeks, is going to take her to a building that you used to work at 
She's like, mm, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and then she's like, <laughs> um, yeah, she's with someone I do not trust. And uh, the Detective Mellish is like, it's a person you don't trust, but has been babysitting your daughter for a year and a half. Right. Yeah. I don't trust That's her. My, my favorite part is the end where he's like, mm, okay, yeah. Glad we got uh, that I'm way. glad we got that all straightened yeah. out. So it's just a clear case of, you know, her bullshit. And I feel like if this was played, I believe this was played in the court. Like, I'm not too sure. I can't, don't hold me to that. But if it was, just listening to that, you can go, something's not fucking right here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing's. It doesn't make sense. All right, we're going to listen to the yes. interview with her mother. The parents, yeah. So the parents visited her after I think it was nine days of her um, being uh, arrested, and she was held in county jail. Um, uh, and keep in mind, this is like nine days of solitary confinement. Yeah. She knows she's seen everything on the on the news. Um, and it's very interesting. We'll, we'll dissect it a little bit. We'll stop it here and there, but um, let's jump into that. What's that T-shirt? I didn't get a chance to ask him. You know, other things. Besides. Kaylee's picture's on the back. Is it? Can Dad yes. show me the shirt? Yeah. Turn around so you, she can see. It's the hope, Never Lose Hope Foundation. Do you see it? I can see Your part picture? of it. Yeah. Have you seen me? And then it has the information on how to contact. Okay. Casey, you don't realize that whole United States is looking for our Kaylee. I know that, Mom. Her cover's going to be on People Magazine in a few days. Okay. Everybody is looking for her. Oh, good. Everybody is looking for her. Are we going to be able to find her, do you think? I hope we can, Mom. Now, I didn't get a chance to ask Lee. Um, can you look up a little bit more? Raise your eyes up a little bit. There you I go. So actually, now, look straight up so I can look into your eyes, darling. Thank you. I need you know I need to do that. It's okay to cry, Casey. It's all right, love. We've all been crying. So here's where you see a genuine emotional moment between, when you boil it down, just a mother and a daughter. So Casey's showing real emotion to her, her mother, and it's just it's just it's. If you if you just watch that video with no context, it's a very sad and emotional thing. Um, completely disassociated from the lack of emotion when she finds out her daughter has a front page feature on People's Magazine. It almost seems like her mum doesn't really believe her. Her mum doesn't at this stage. Yeah. So I mentioned in the, in the main episode, but she is just kind of baiting her. Like, everyone's looking for her, sweetie. Do you do you think we'll find her? Mm. Like, she's I she's legitimately thinks something's up. Because they know she's a liar. It's also really interesting that she only cries when her mum's like, you need to look up, I need to see yeah. your eyes. And it's almost like she's crying as a way of like not having to make that eye contact. No, I, 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 it's more so just nine days without seeing anyone. You no, know? I know, but, but it's interesting that that crack doesn't come until her mum's like, look up, yeah. I need to like see your eyes. See, the thing is she genuinely loves her parents and she loves her, her parents and her brother. Mm. The odd thing is... Where did that love go for a daughter? 
Yeah, you know? Are. It's a weird thing. All right, let's carry on. Do we have any pictures of Sandy's um, apartment? Lee and I already talked about this. I don't okay. know. It could right. be on, on the disc at home. I don't know. What is your... I can't get into your... Um, I gave Lee everything already. I all gave right. Lee all of the passwords, everything we could possibly want to get all over again. I want to get some video clips off Kaylee because the video clip with Grandpa is really helping people. Pic- okay. Still pictures don't show... No, they don't show personality. Right. And we need to show her personality. So I need to make sure we get that password. Yeah. I gave Lee the password. Please look up, sweetheart. I need to see your eyes. I want to be able to look at you guys, too. I can't look at you and look at the camera. Well, you don't have to look at the camera. Look at me. I'm looking at you. Okay. You're sitting very low. (laughs) I know. Do you want to speak to your father now? Sure. (laughs) Okay. Hey, gorgeous. How you doing? I look like hell. <laughs> well, you know something? You you really need to keep your spirit high for all this. I have. I haven't been crying while I've been in here. Well, you know something? I've been trying to read books and do other things to keep my mind off of stuff. Well, you know, I want to be able to reach out and hug you and give you the, the you know, the big, the big Papa Joe hug. But, you know, I, 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 we've got to get that little girl back. Any way we can, and we're Dad, doing everything we can. My only concern. I gave Lee a statement. I want him to speak to whoever in the media. Give them a statement specifically from me. He's going to give them an exact quote. So this is the part. Um, so we just went over basically her parents trying to get as much information as they can out of her. Um, this is where we kind of get into the whole her defaming. Um, or just dis- discrediting, discrediting people who are trying to help out, which I which thought was kind of just like you wouldn't do. You'd be so happy for anyone. Yeah. To um, help. which just goes with the whole People's Magazine thing. It's um, it- it's very Tara? bizarre. Tara from Michigan. You mean Mark's psycho ex-wife, Tara? Yes. Listen, people like Tara, people like Jesse, who are maybe trying to help, even Christina, God bless her don't know what the hell they're talking about so yeah it is um it's a very interesting moment and then she later goes on to basically just talk about like how her hardships in prison how she ate coleslaw for the first time in her life and all poor didums um coleslaw is delicious yeah fuck you man how dare you uh, and then just sort of talking about her life in there, and then her parents go back and forth between like being inquisitive and asking questions about Case Kaylee, and then they um, his mum drops her mum drops the question of what does your gut tell you, and um, that's where we get into that. Now, something I didn't really get into on the main episode was the the, the discussion between her and the detective who interrogated her after they um, arrested her. Um, this is like a couple days or weeks after she made bail. Mm. And there was that weird thing with a fucking bounty hunter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Super weird. Who's now like trying to press charges against her. Mm. Um, She's like, the bitch did it. Yeah. Uh, so she has this incredibly bizarre discussion with a detective this is this comes after she's been read her rights. She requests her right to counsel, so she calls her 
lawyer and he's on his way and the the detectives kind of make this like you know small talk discussion thing before the lead detective comes in Can just I- to kind oh, of sorry, like okay. just to kind of like pray information out of her but um make it seem less interrogation like more so like a regular discussion a casual conversation exactly yeah so she can't be like i want my lawyer can I just say that yes. I love the fact that the video we're watching, which compiles all the uh, interview footage, yep. is called There's Something About Casey. Yeah. Because I love that movie. Yeah, there is. There is really something about Casey. Have you seen that movie? I have, yeah. There's something About Mary? Yeah. Excellent movie. Excellent Cameron movie. Cameron Diaz, Ben Stiller, at their peak. Bit of semen. In the hair. In the hair. Keep it upright. Yeah. Just like like you don't like like you just don't care. Uh, so we'll be let, let's we'll be jumping into this uh, interview because it's very interesting. And I mentioned the whole social cue things in the main episode where she kind of interjects a bit weirdly. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing this part. Yeah. Okay. So let's just jump right into that. I was afraid that some of what I said to them probably offended them because I told them that. If I find out something that you don't want to hear, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you why. Well, just honestly, because, they'll respect that. That's just, you know, the yeah. type of people that they are in the same way. I know I know they are. It was never my intention to piss anybody in your family off. Yeah. You know, I'm not in it to get a conviction. I get nothing out of it. I get zero. Exactly. You have a job you're trying to do. I've, I've found a few, and I've yeah. not found a few, and it sucks both ways. Yeah, I agree. It is what it is. Where I get sideways with people. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. That's the infamous social inter- interjections. Where I mentioned, like, if you were to move them several seconds ahead or behind, um, you know, if you ask me a question, like, just ask me a question right now. What is your favorite variation of classic Coca-Cola? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's but a very like, Michael Scott response of you. <laughs> but like you see there's a there's an appropriate distance between the question and the and the response. So you've said something, I've listened to what you've said, and I've responded to what you've said. Really you haven't listened but to do what it again. I've said. Say it again. Do you want me to ask a question? Because the way you're doing it is not a response to a mm-hmm. question. Yeah. It's just, it's You're like weird interjecting. Times. But it's like this. It's like, um, so say... I, I feel like I'm very good at it because so, I did a class on active listening. So, like, here's my sentence. I like drinking wine because... Yeah. It tastes nice. Oh, yeah. And that, that yeah you did. That's exactly That's it. normal. So, um, I like drinking wine. Mm. Why? Because... It tastes good. That's where you would interject irregularly. Yeah. So say like, I like drinking wine because, and you go, mm-hmm. Mm. It's it's a weird. It's just this weird disparity where you like recorded on natural. Recorded on film, you would like you li- you look listen back to it several times over. You go, that it doesn't sound right. Yeah, it's too quick. Like she's she's listening to the conversation, but it's almost as if she's trying to pose this like 
facade of, yes, I am a human mm. being. Because it's interesting because, like, you obviously, your ears hear information in real time, but it takes, yeah. there's like a split second of recognition for your brain to recognize what the words mean in the form of a sentence and form an accurate response. Yes. So whilst if you're really intently listening to what someone is saying, you can respond in a pretty timely manner because mm -hmm. you're really focused on what they're saying. If it's more a general conversation, there'll be a break between the end of someone's sentence and yep. their natural sort of response because yep. it takes that time for the brain to process what's been said and then formulate an accurate response. Yeah. And then there's sometimes there's just these natural triggers like um, that you just kind of snap back just to be like, like you just speaking then. And I was like, yep. yep it also depends yep, as well exactly. if you're, it, it depends on the context of the situation. Like when I did this class on active listening, if you're genuinely just listening to someone, there'll be a passive waiting period of like a split second where you'll do that active thing where you'll be like, mm-hmm, or you'll repeat what someone says, but in a slightly different way. But if you're waiting to jump in and say something else, like you're kind of waiting to say something and yeah. kind of take yeah. the reins of the story and mould the the story being told with your own words, you'll be a lot quicker to respond because you're waiting for that quick break where then you can jump in and take control of the yeah, conversation. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is what you just did. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Because I wanted to talk about the Chris Watts Yeah, where if you're just happy for someone to talk, you'll just be, you'll be a bit more relaxed about it because you're not waiting for that point to jump in. You're just kind of like, mm, yeah. Yeah. Um. There's a point in the Chris Watts interrogation where the detective uses this tech, the proper technique, where he doesn't he doesn't say anything. He just lets Chris explain himself, and then there's no. Um, so when you like what you have, you're saying when you have a, 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 a like a discussion, there's a sentence you say um, like I ask you a question, you give me an answer, mm -hmm. and then there's this moment of like, say you you're lying about what you say. You're looking for what I want to hear. So you're waiting for approval from what I from what I've just heard. So yeah. I say like, Did you drink did you drink my wine? And you did, but you say, No, I did not drink your wine. And you're waiting for me to go, Okay, cool. But I never say anything. You're gonna go on you and go feel the silence. I didn't drink your wine. Yeah. Because I have my own wine. And then you hear that in the Chris Watson thing, he he literally does that yeah, to you Chris Watson. Because you get he, nervous. He he just he doesn't say anything. Chris Watts just continues to explain himself and explain himself and explain himself. Do you know what I feel like the natural response would be if you were genuinely telling the truth? Like yes. if you were to say, "Did you steal my drink?" and I genuinely didn't, I'd be like, "No." no and if you were okay. to just stay silent and stare at me, I'd be like, what? "What? Yeah, what's the problem? What? Yeah." You wouldn't keep going on. You because you'd be genuinely confused why someone doesn't believe what you've said. And you'd then, be like, "What?" Like, why are you staring at me? Yeah. Also, cute psychology trick. Uh, use this wisely. If you want someone to feel like you are interested and intent on their conversation while they're talking at you, stare at their mouth. If you want to consciously put someone off, 
stare at the point where like the eyebrows meet. So not at their eyes, not at the bridge of the nose, slightly above eye level between their eyebrows. It's really on a psychological standpoint, it's really off-putting for someone to stare at that point of your face because it's not quite making eye contact and it makes the person feel uncomfortable like you're staring at something on their face that they don't know is there. Yeah. Except now we're both doing it to each other and neither <laughs> so, of us is making eye contact, so we can't see the fact that we're not making eye contact. Uh, the other person has to be trying to make eye contact for it to work. It doesn't yeah. work if both people are trying to do it. But, it's, but it's, likewise, it, if you stare at someone's mouth while they're talking, it can make someone feel comfortable and it's also like a sensual experience. You're, wait, you're actually attending, your brain's attending what they're saying. Because subconsciously, it's partly a sexual thing and partly uh, you subconsciously feel like someone is watching what you're saying because they're like lip reading. Please stop doing that with okay. your tongue. Uh, but yeah, try that if you want to in your friendship group when they don't know, stare between someone's eyebrows whilst they talk to you mm. and then stare at someone's mouth and see how they react. It's interesting that you mentioned the um, when you know, you're telling the truth and your instant reaction is to sharply interject and like, no, I didn't do that. And then there's the, in, there's the silence and you say, what's, what's the problem? Yeah. Why you? And then there's a clear difference between lying, where you your in, your reaction is not to be offended, but to implore that I would never do such a thing. Why would I ever do such a thing? You Which, know? like, just for a real life sort of very low key, obviously. <laughs> but we played, as we discussed in last week's episode. I feel like I'm a pretty good liar. So we played a game of werewolf, which is basically. In a nutshell, one person is the werewolf and they murder the townspeople. It's a card game. Yeah. And the group of people have to try and figure out who the werewolf in the group is and kill the werewolf off. So the group wins. So there was one round we played where I was I was the werewolf and it got to a point where people were asking me, oh, well, why should I believe what you've said? And it's to give as little information as possible will make you come across as truthful so they'd yeah. say why should i believe that you're not the werewolf and i was like well i'm i'm not like i don't i don't know how to explain i don't, I don't know how, i don't know how to explain like i'm not there's no way for yeah. me to and then you allow the silence and people will stare at you and you just just shrug or be like make hand gestures like what like i don't mm. have anything else to say because there's nothing else for me to say it's lying one-on-one that's it yeah. Uh, that's pretty much it that I had that for was, the... That was... Um, the I mean, obviously, interviews. hindsight makes it more chilling to exactly. listen to. Yeah. Knowing that she killed her daughter in a very horrific way. Duct tape to the mouth. Yeah. You know, a three-year-old. Much yeah, like some... this is... Which is very interesting and different to the Chris Watts murder of a similar... A three-year-old and four-year-old. Using um, a blanket to asphyxiate. Which is a very, like, personal. Well, it's a very disassociated way to kill someone because you're 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 covering covering their face up. You can't see them and you're taking away their personality. Yeah, it's very true. You're you're not looking at them. It's the same thing with um, when there's a murder, the first thing to notice is, is the face covered up or is the body covered up or is it 
left exposed. If the face is covered up by a rag, it means the killer was um, ashamed with what he did yeah. and ashamed of what he had, he had done to the body. Which is um, another thing with the Black Dahlia killing because the body was completely exposed. so exposed and like on show. It was posed. And that's the difference between the two. But that, And that's the difference between the two different levels of asphyxiation as well. So Casey, Kaylee Anthony, from what I can understand, wasn't covered up at, at any point. It was just used duct tape to cut off her breathing. Whereas Chris Watts actually held a, a blanket around his daughter's heads to cut off their yeah, it's um breathing. It's very upsetting. Um, which interestingly, inter- interestingly, is different to the killing of um his wife, um Shanann, where he actually I think he manually strangled her. Yeah. Oh, it's too much. Yeah. Um. So that was. You know, it, it's for me. It's the most interesting parts of these cases is where you have these actual documented footage mm. of interrogations and interviews and trials, where you actually get to see them in action, them be them, and you can dissect every little part of it. Yeah. That's what makes all of these cases so interesting and different to the Ed Kempers and the Son of Sam's is, you know, we don't have access to these these tapes or these videos. Um, there was a video we were watching on Netflix where they actually got to talk to the lawyer who defended Jeffrey Dahmer and she had tape recordings of her discussions with Jeffrey Dahmer. That was... Um, and that's not public assets. Uh, Dark Tourist. Dark Tourist. On Netflix, if that's anyone not is up, interested. That's not anywhere. You know, you can't really find that. But this stuff is everywhere. The yeah. Stephanie Lazarus, Jennifer Pan. It's very Pan, easily accessible. It's all over YouTube. Yeah. You can find it all over the place. Chris Watts, easy, done. That's what makes it so interesting is you can just watch every aspect of it. And, and you dissect can dissect it. it. Yeah. Exactly. And be amateur detectives like we yeah. think of ourselves as. And that's all I have. I think that was a pretty good episode. Yeah. I'm that was that was interesting. I don't think we've really done that like a live reaction to yeah. interrogation yeah. tapes before. That was good. I enjoyed that. Me too. I really enjoyed that as well. In a very weird macabre way. Yeah. I always feel like I need to put disclaimers. After I say like, oh, I enjoyed that because I would like it, you know, it's like we posted a meme on our socials today where it was saying like a fascination with serial killers does not mean that I glorify, romanticize or justify what they do. It's just I'm fascinated with what they do. Yeah, it's not to say what they did um, excites us. But it's the idea of we get to research it and understand why they did it. And then, you know, these different things you solve in your head and um, dissecting the, the psychology of it really excites us. It excites us to, to understand um, yeah, how it happened and why it happened. Because it's like solving a puzzle. Big picture, you can't see it fully realized. Yeah, you know, just because I am it. fascinated by serial killers does not mean I worship, romanticize, or glorify horrific criminals and their crimes. Mm-hmm. There is a difference, people. Big difference. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, that was very good. I enjoyed that. We should do that more where we sort we of... should. Yeah, I definitely want to make it more of a thing. Review interrogation tapes and stuff because that was really interesting. I'm not going to lie. 
We did refill our drinks halfway through this episode. I'm pretty tanked. <laughs> I'm pretty fucked. Not going to lie. Uh, it doesn't. I am a little woman and not leaving the house and being in lockdown, so never going out drinking, has severely lowered my tolerance. So it takes like True. two sniffs of alcohol and I convince myself that I am a full-on wizard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I've had two drinks I'm a wizard and this has been shaken not stirred <laughs> <laughs> fuck me oh my god uh, what a fucking it's cute because I don't have to go to work tomorrow but he does I do yeah although you're Glorious. not drunk takes no. like a fucking entire dam of beer. Yeah, it's drunk. it's both a blessing and a curse. You know, it's good that you don't get as fucked up as some others do because hey, hey. it's a bit you get to enjoy the night a bit more. But I it's enjoy expensive. my nights. Yeah, but you don't remember half a fucking night. That is a lie. <laughs> it's not a lie. <laughs> Shut up, Chris Watts. I fucking <laughs> read you like a book, motherfucker. Uh I remember. I would like to say it's about three quarters, not half. Okay, I'll I'll give you the three quarters. With the exception of my birthday. Yeah. That's probably like one quarter. There's only been a few cases where I haven't remembered nights. Tama has this habit. I'm going to out you on the podcast. Tama has this habit of he'll get drunk and then the next morning he'll be like, oh, I don't know, I think I've got food poisoning. I just don't feel well. And I'm like, I think it was the 17,000 beers you had last night. No, well, I think I think it was it was definitely the chicken. Well, to be I've fair, got food poisoning. To be fair, the last time I did throw up, I had um, white Russians with cream. No, and but it's I just... I don't have a lot of dairy. I think I've only seen you severely hungover like three times in our almost five-year relationship. Mm. And... Every time you've tried to pass it off as but that's food poisoning. What, but that's what I mean. It's such a rare occurrence that it's like, how can it be a hangover if I drink a lot? Embrace it. Love it. Live it. That's what I mean. It can't be a hangover if it happens twice in a span of it's a 600 it's definitely occurrences a where I drink a, a bar down. It's definitely a hangover. <clears throat> I'll blame it on the cream when I don't drink dairy. Just admit that it. it's a hangover. I'm not going to admit it. I'm not going to admit it because I don't think it was a hangover. Okay. Oh, dear. Anyway. And thank you for outing me. <laughs> That's at uh, <laughs> least I said I was going to before I did it. Yeah. I could just pause the Yeah, you podcast. could cut that whole thing out because yeah, you are the editor. I will. I'm trusting you not to. No, I'm just going to cut it and replace it with um, the... Tama is the best. No. Tama is the best. The Russian guy who has that song that goes... Okay. Anyway, it's 11.30 and Thomas still needs to edit this episode and put all the clips that we've listened to in the episode. So, I think we call it a night. Because okay. otherwise you're not going to go to bed till like 2 o'clock in the nope. morning. Thank you for joining us. This has been Shaken Not Sir. This is the after party to the true crime party that is best served cold. That was a better way of saying it. Yeah, why didn't you say it at the start of the episode? Because I thought of it just then. I'm going to say what it again. Fuck? This has been Shaken Not Stirred. This is the after party of the true crime party that is best served cold. 
That sounds so professional. Oh, it's it take you so like fucking sexy. two drinks to actually get shit Thank out of your you. mouth. It's when I come up with my best creative decisions. Yeah, and you can say things that don't make you stutter. Judish, I still can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the stuttering comedian with bananas. Fuck you. He's great. Um, I forget his name. Drew. Drew something. Drew. He's he's fantastic. Uh, anyway, check him out on YouTube. Anyway, this has check been Shaken Not Stirred. Thank you for joining us. Our mini-sode will be out on Monday. Our main episode will be out on Wednesday. And as usual, you can join us on all social media platforms at the BSC podcast. Goodbye, fuckers. Don't be rude to Goodbye. our audience. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate every single person that listens to the show. Even though Tama may not act like it. Arrivederci. Uh, au revoir. Uh, Bonsoir. Uh, I don't know how to say goodbye in German. I only know how to say hello. Dankeschön. <laughs> Dankeschön is thank you. I know. Guten Morgen is good morning. Guten Tag is good day. I don't know how to say goodbye in German. I only know how to say hello. You probably just punch each other in the face <laughs> to say goodbye. It's, very, it's a very violent language. very German. Yeah. All right, well, we'll see you guys later. Au revoir. Goodbye. Au revoir. Bye. Au revoir.